Aaron McKeown's Facts of Life Falling in love is dangerous. Every time. Divided by 13 is the year that you were born I needed a calculator to figure out The time I have wasted every year since you were born 90% close attention to this newsletter, and I hope you are, you'll notice that it's been a month rather than the regular two weeks since my last essay episode. My apologies. COVID really kicked my ass. It kicked it acutely for about 10 days, then softly but persistently for another several weeks. For those of you that have had it, especially this latest version, this is familiar territory. I suppose I should be grateful to have been so routinely surprised by the variation in symptoms. Summer can be so boring, you know. The endless days of pleasant weather, the slowdown of work, the uptick in delightful social events. All that can really be a drag. Thank God I had COVID to keep me on my toes while laying on my back. All that said, I am thankfully on the other side, sitting on my porch writing while we get a much-needed summer rain. Carl is lounging at my feet, which is better than when he steps on my feet. He is so huge now that it is truly excruciating when he drops his paws on my tender tarsals. His big news is that at nine months old, he has embraced his genetic destiny and now swims and retrieves. Who knew that something as simple as watching your pup paddle out for a bumper could be so joyful? 
I'm reminded of a line from Miss You Like Hell. Looking out over the gorgeous vista of Yellowstone's Hayden Valley, Beatrice declares that she isn't leaving this spot this moment ever. She was last seen roaming with the wild bison, she declares. Same, girl, same. If you need me, I was last seen playing with swimming, fetching happy dogs in a glorious western Massachusetts summer. And yet, the online world beckons and offers a path forward for creativity and public output. In that spirit, I resume our regularly scheduled broadcasts. Today's audio is a cover of Divided by 13, one of my favorite songs written by one of my favorite songwriters, Matt the Electrician. I first met Matt in, Lord, I could not tell you, maybe 20 years ago, in that way that you arrive to start your career with a certain cohort of peers. We've always been doing the same gigs around the same time as each other, sharing bills at clubs, festivals, and house concerts. The more time passes, the more I am grateful for these musical littermates. They truly make the long haul worth it. In 2014, I joined Matt's long-running songwriting group, which I have written about here many times. Besides Matt's amazing songs and charming performance style, I am consistently inspired by his commitment to writing. He never misses a week in our group, always turning in something for every prompt. I myself am a sporadic participant. I usually dip in once or twice a year for something like 10 to 12 weeks, but Matt is there every week with something wonderful. My experience in Matt's game has led me to codify what I think is my most important creative and teaching principle. Songs are not precious. What I mean by this is that you can make a song and feel good about it, but you should not fall in love with that song. You shouldn't obsessively hammer at it if it's finished or pick at it if it's not finished, or text it incessantly when it has asked for space. You should not put any one song of yours up on a shelf in your heart and say, this is the one, because then you will never make another song. You will never love again. Your writing arteries will narrow and harden, a creative atherosclerosis that will lead your heart to weaken. So you make a song, you make another song. Over the years, you end up with a lot of songs. Some may be better than others. You may like some more than others. Audiences may like some more than others. These can be different songs. I might argue that they should be. You and your audience should be in a playful tension over catalog and canon and set list. It keeps everyone on their toes. And the only way this happens is to keep writing and stop being precious. Hey y'all, just popping in to say thanks for listening, and I've got a few new shows up on the tour page. I'll be in the Catskills next month trying out some new jokes. We've got our rescheduled Central Massachusetts hiking show in September. Carl will be joining us. And there are two exciting productions of Miss You Like Hell announced for 2023 in San Jose and Seattle. Go see some music outside or mask up and join us inside. Everything you need to know is, as always, listed at erinmccown.com slash shows. Earlier this spring, a friend of Matt's surreptitiously emailed folks from the songwriting group and invited us to cover our favorite Matt song for a surprise 50th birthday playlist. Our performances of his own songs would be the gift. I instantly knew I needed to cover Divided by 13. 
I want to digress for a moment and say that I am about to turn 45, and now is the time for you to start planning this for me. My true dream would be to have all the awesome writers and singers I know perform my songs, professionally record them, and then release it as an album to raise money for something. But if that's too much work, just surprise me with a private playlist. You should start organizing now. Artists are notorious procrastinators. Back to Matt. One of the things I have always loved about Matt's music is its playfulness and light touch that turns into something profound. He tickles you with a smart feather, then socks you in the gut with a human truth. Divided by 13 first caught my ear years and years ago because of the melody. Boy, do I love a leaping falsetto melody, especially one that takes something as prosaic as math and turns it on its head. It's clever, but it's also tender and damn fun to sing. A newer member of the songwriting group is my friend Jossie Adams. I first met Jossie in Providence as a member of the Low Anthem. Several years ago, she brought her new project, Arc Iris, to Western Mass to play at my favorite restaurant, the Ashfield Lake House, which has sadly crossed the rainbow bridge of too-good-to-last scenes. The night Arc Iris played, Jossie and her bandmates turned our humble pub inside out with a synth-heavy prog rock fantasia of sound and light. I'm not sure if I have ever been to a more epic show in a less epic space. My friend Chris Delmhorst, another song group stalwart, was there. And we kept looking at each other like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable. I surfed that wave of euphoria for a long time. Right after the call went out to cover Matt's songs, Jossie messaged me and suggested we collaborate. So I took a pass at the song, sent it. She added to it, sent it back. It was quick and dirty. And despite my best intentions that songs are not precious, I am a little in love with this recording. Similar to me starting the violin, Jossie has been diving into clarinet, and she just kills it on this track. Last week, the prompt for our group was summer school, and I made a song that I really, really like. Now I am on the precipice of something dangerous. I am getting a little precious about this song. The game works best for me when I spend as little time as possible on the song, sitting down for an hour at most, scribbling and scrabbling, then sending in a crappy voice memo and moving on. I never listen to the song for weeks after, or even ever again, before occasionally resurrecting one when it has long lost that immediate crushability. My first mistake last week was to make a demo of the song in Logic, the computer program I use to professionally record and orchestrate my songs. I was driving and thought of a harmony for a particularly satisfying part of the song and wanted to hear how it would sound. This was my second mistake thinking about how the song might be with more than one voice. Now I can't stop listening to the demo with its sketch of a beat and multiple harmonies. It's not perfect, but it's got potential. And each time I listen, I get a little more excited, but also a little less willing to make the song better. I can feel my arteries hardening as I get used to how it sounds at this stage. My third mistake is I have a home in mind for the song already, a project that I am working on but might never show you. It's a project I'm excited about, and as it's coming into focus, I can't shake the thrill that this song shows me the map of how to move forward. And then, thank God, Saturday morning comes, and along with it, a new email from Matt. After thanking everyone for their recent songs, he threw down the gauntlet of a new prompt for this week's game— do Friday at midnight. Now, I no longer have time to be precious about last week's song because I've got this week's one to write. 
Falling in love is dangerous. This is also one of my core teachings. Good things and bad things can come from love, but they are all dangerous. Your heart can get broken. You can fall into a comfortable rut. You can grow from the pain, but sometimes the pain doesn't heal. Falling in love with songs is especially dangerous because if the love doesn't work out, which it often does not, you still have the song around, a scar, a memory, a ghost. As long as everyone is consenting to the danger, go ahead, fall in love at your own peril. But for me, I love so hard and so fast that I need a guardrail, for people or for music. So I'll close by offering this admonishment to myself, which you might find useful too. Stay in love with the work of other artists, like Matt or Jossie, but never fall in love with your own. Is the year that you were born? Is the year that you were born? Is the year that you were born? All right, y'all, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and stay safe.